With winter coming, and all the health issues it brings, now's the time to make sure your immune system is as strong as it can be and to build your natural immunity. It's time to empower your immune system. Empower supercharges your immunity because it's made from AHCC, one of the most powerful mushroom extracts to ever come out of Japan. It's been shown to enhance your immune protection by over 300%, and it has the robust research to prove it. Empower is my first go-to when it comes to immune support. I personally take it daily and prescribe it to my patients in need of immune support. And who doesn't these days? If you're looking for a way to supercharge your immune system protection and build your natural immunity, Empower is the solution for you. For more information and order, go to theharmonycompany.com. That's theharmonycompany.com. Or call 800-422-5518. 800-422-5518. Use coupon code HOFFMAN20 at checkout and get a 20% first-time discount and free shipping. That's theharmonycompany.com for Empower. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and and some reflections on my job. One of my jobs is to do these podcasts, and by no means is it an onerous job. In fact, it's a very, very enjoyable part of my routine because I get to interview great people, luminaries in the field of natural and integrative medicine. And one of my favorites is a guest today. He's Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum, well-known to you probably because he's been a frequent guest here on Intelligent Medicine. He's graced our airwaves frequently, uh, author of his perennial bestseller, From Fatigued to Fantastic, now in its fourth revised edition from Avery Penguin. And today he's going to talk to us a little bit about a ubiquitous problem, which is digestive maladies. So uh, without further ado, I'm not going to get into a long-winded introduction of you because then we'd, we'd expend the entire uh, you know, first part of the podcast. So we'll jump right into it. Uh, Jacob, it's a pleasure having you back on Intelligent Medicine. Thanks very much for joining us today. Uh, Ron, I always enjoy being with you. Talking to somebody who really knows what they're about makes it so much more fun. So for listeners today, if you have indigestion, uh, whether you have acid reflux or pain under your food pipe or in your solar plexus, uh, if you're doing the treating it the standard way, which is PPI acid blockers, you're in trouble. It doesn't work long term. We're going to teach you how to fix your digestion and make those problems go away. So a little background on these uh, acid blockers. Uh, my understanding is, and I actually just spoke to a pharmacologist uh, about this because we did a podcast on what's called polypharmacy and drugs that are not great for seniors. We focused on, you know, geriatric medicine and among them are the PPIs. And, and what she stated was that they actually were initially developed for symptomatic relief of ulcers. Ulcers, gen- ulcers generally heal under the influence of these proton pump inhibitors, these powerful acid-blocking drugs. Uh, within two, three months, they, they may be helpful for healing ulcers, no question, because you're bathing uh, an ulceration in your stomach in, in acid. Well, maybe that's not going to facilitate healing, so block the acid for a while, then stop the PPI. But what's the problem? What's the scope of the problem here, uh, Jacob, in terms of how many people are now reliant on these medications for decades? You know, they're supposed to stay on them. 
So here's the thing. There's that big warning that says don't use for more than six weeks or so. Yeah. And the problem with the PPI and the Prolisex and Nexiums of the world um, is that they're incredibly addictive. And if you do research shows, if you take somebody with no digestive problems and put them on these medicines for six to 12 weeks, they can't come off of them um, because you get this reactive over secretion of stomach acid and it turns off the stomach's own protection leaving it basically wide open to stomach acid leaving heartburn from hell so in terms of the downsides uh, people take it who have a 25 to 44 percent higher risk of getting alzheimer's in many studies um, they have a dramatically higher risk of loss of bone density uh, taking it during covid it's, it's associated with much higher death rates um, and nutritional deficiencies uh, are major so uh, one simple thing the medication pepsid Loratadine is another um, prescription or over-the-counter um, acid blocker. That's actually quite healthy. You don't see the Alzheimer's issues. You actually see lower risk if you get COVID when you're taking it. Um, it, it's, it still needs to be weaned off, but it's still very effective. Um, so one simple thing is if you're choosing between Pepsid and the others, uh, reach for the Pepsid. But even better yet, we're going to teach you natural approaches that you can take with the medications or by themselves as you prefer to heal your stomach and digestion. And one of the things you wanted to share with us is uh, some breakthrough research on a natural herbal extract that uh, actually has uh, pretty comparable results to some of these uh, expensive, powerful acid blocking drugs. Mm -hmm, absolutely. There was a, a British medical journal study that compared uh, the curcumin, and, and you need a pretty good dose, uh, with the PPI acid blockers. <clears throat> and what it found is that they're pretty much equivalent. And the difference is one is loaded with side benefits and the other will kill you. But outside of that, they're equivalent. <laughs> so um, the what I would use, there's uh, curcumin has the issue that it's, it's not very well absorbed. Um, the, the, there's a form I use called Curamed, C-U-R-A-M-E-D, which has the turmeric, the turmeric essential oil that increases absorption sevenfold. Um, so personally, for example, when I was taking it for that, I'll take a dose of 750 milligrams twice a day, give it the, the eight weeks to see the effect, um, and then it's very healing. But again, you don't want to stop any of these acid blockers suddenly you will get heartburn from hell. Rather, mm -hmm. we're going to teach you how to wean off of them by restoring digestion. So, so this is actually called rebound uh, indigestion or rebound hyperacidity. In, in brief, for our lay audience, uh, what's the mechanism of that? Why, why should that occur? Well, the body has... a. You know, if you think about it, your stomach's like a big piece of hamburger. It's a piece of meat. There's re no reason your stomach acid should not digest it just like any other meat that they eat. Um, so your body has gone to great lengths to create this organ that can have high levels of acid because it's critical to be able to digest your food for health. You need the acid. So there's a hormone system called gastrin. Is one of the main hormones. It's, a, it's a really much more complex than that, but a major hormone called gastrin, where the body is monitoring the acid pH relative to the food, and it 
puts out this hormone uh, and says, make more acid if you don't have enough. So when you have the PPIs, it turns off the acid completely. Your gastrin levels are skyrocketing. They're at the same level as people who have these tumors and make gastrin or they mm. have to have their stomach removed. <clears throat> so it's very, very high, but it's also shutting off that mucus protective lining that keeps the acid from digesting your mm. stomach like a hamburger. Mm. So you get this Niagara Falls of acid from the high gastrin pouring into the completely unprotected stomach. And all I can say is as far as the PPI companies go, that's great for business. But as far as you go, you're in trouble if it gets stuck on that thing. It's good to get off of that roller coaster. Yeah, the analogy that I sometimes use is uh, the thermostat analogy. In other words, if you let the house, mm -hmm. you know, get really cold uh, and then you turn, you know, you reset the thermostat, your, your, you know, your heater just starts to pump out heat, your, your, your boiler. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so rapidly to uh, renormalize. But, you know, it's kind of like or I guess you could also say it's kind of like a rubber band effect. You know, you, you pull back the rubber band and you hold it and it's going to snap back uh, because it's mm -hmm. been uh, under tension. Uh, so this is I you know familiar to many doctors. Uh, so why is it that the, the medical folks have gotten this wrong, that they say, hey, you know, you've got occasional indigestion. Uh, just go on this stuff. Uh, yeah, you know, you're really going to need to take this for the rest of your life. Why? How do they miss the boat on that? They, they only have it wrong if your goal is helping people as opposed to selling drugs. Okay. And virtually every physician wants to help people. But as a past editor of the New England Journal of Medicine said, uh, that the most continuing medical, medical education is, is simply slick pharmaceutical advertising yeah. masquerading as science. Now, you can understand that he is a past editor at this point, um, having said that. But what we know, virtually everything doctors are taught, is drug company advertising. And God bless, you know, I'm a science geek. I couldn't get a date to save my life. I mean, I know the universe loves me because I'm the most beautiful girl in the world had a thing for science geeks since she married me, but otherwise I'd be in trouble. But you have all these good-looking drug reps. They hire cheerleaders <laughs> as drug reps to do. come in and yep. fawn yep. all over. I mean, they're just about sitting in my lap. They probably could have if I mm -hmm. would let them. Mm -hmm. um, and they know to a dollar how much I'm ordering. And what they are pushing is the expense of PPIs. That's where the money is. Um, nobody is being paid to teach us how to heal digestion because there's no money in that. Yeah. So we get it wrong because doctors are taught about what's profitable mm -hmm. and it's made to sound, it's masquerading as science, but it is not. So there was a decision made, and I, I think it was a purely economic decision, is these drugs uh, have a patent protection for, I don't know what it is. I think it's, is it 17 years? I don't even know what it is now. 17. Yeah. 17 years. And then after 17 years, they become generic, which means they can be prescribed dirt cheap. So the strategy that the pharmaceutical industry uses, they said, hey, let's make these available over the counter. You know, you can go to the market. You can go to a, you know, 7-Eleven. Uh, you can buy this stuff over the counter. And then without any supervision whatsoever, you can take these medications, I think, that was a huge mistake, and it's perpetrating you know, a real uh, uh, health uh, crisis for Americans that they take these things and rely on them. 
I would estimate 30,000 excess deaths a year, but that's a rough guess. Um, but I will note, if we're looking at medications, looking at the arthritis medications, yep. the NSAIDs, the ibuprofens, and naprazins of the world, um, care to guess how many excess prevent unnecessary U.S. deaths a year that causes those medications? All I know is that the first night I was on call, this is, you know, back in, oh, probably about 1982 or 1983, uh, my first case that I got was a gastrointestinal bleed uh, in an otherwise mm-hmm. healthy guy, and he was just vomiting quarts and quarts of blood. And the simple story was uh, he had some arthritis. He went to church after taking some ibuprofen you know he's taking some uh, you know some over-the-counter product and then he started throwing up throwing up buckets of blood and i had that patient on the service for six weeks and he went from a robust 250 pounds to about 175 pounds uh and contracted hepatitis c from blood transfusions unfortunately Mm -hmm. and that was that was a wake-up call for me about those drugs Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and the actual numbers are about 50,000 <coughs> preventable U.S. deaths a year mm-hmm. from NSAIDs. This is British Medical Journal and two meta-analyses, uh, and 35% higher risk of heart disease, but it's 4,000 to 12,500 excess bleeding ulcer deaths a year. So these medications are triggering ulcers, which then cause the doctor to say, we'll take this BPI which then triggers Alzheimer's and osteoporosis to go with the ulcers. And while well, we have medications for those. Yeah, we do. And this is just kind of how medicine works. It's not about, you know, why are we not doing common sense? The system is driven by really good people uh, who are getting information based on money. So what I'd like to do instead is, you know, understand there are no bad guys here. It's just we have a institutions that are severely broken that are full of good people mm-hmm. i think that and, i think that's, and that's, well what's, that's what's happening here yeah and so for nsaids yeah so what's causing the indigestion why do we have this epidemic well medications tylenol much less likely to cause it and much much safer by the way although it has its own issues um so the if you look at the nsaid medications um if you look at uh natural products and mixes of curcumin and boswellia, those two together in high absorbed form. There's one called Curamin, C-U-R-A-M-I-N. In multiple head-on studies, they're as effective as Celebrex for arthritis. But instead of the side effects, you get side benefits, mm-hmm. lower cancer risk, uh, lower risk of well, indigestion. And, even and even brain benefits things. from um, curcumin, you know, because that's, that's been studied. Yep. Uh, it's a low, uh, Alzheimer's risk seems to be considerably lower with those with high levels of intake in the diet in India, for example. So it's not where you should sit there in arthritis pain and put up with indigestion from hell. Not at all. So first, get rid of what's aggravating the acid stomach. Uh, get rid of, Now, again, the Motrin's are better than being in pain. Mm-hmm. but. Add the curamin to it for six weeks. Add the glucosamine-chondroitin combinations uh, to it for the six weeks. Heal your joints. And then you can wean off of the acid blockers. Meanwhile, 
start to lower the dose slowly, slowly, slowly of the PPIs, start to put in 20 milligrams twice a day or even more um, of the Pepsid, and then you can mm-hmm. wean down more easily off of that over time. Um, so there's kind of an approach to this, but meanwhile, healing your own digestion Indigestion is not too much stomach acid for most people. It's poor digestion. So we're going to talk about the four key things for improving digestive health. Okay. Uh, just before we jump into that, you know, let's clarify. We're going to – the suggestion is don't go cold turkey because you'll get that acid rebound and then you think you really need the mm-hmm. medication when actually it's just you're addicted to the medication. It's like uh, going cold turkey on whatever, coffee, uh, cigarettes, mm-hmm. uh, heroin, mm-hmm. you name it. Uh, it it's going to get, you know, withdrawal symptoms. Uh, but mm-hmm. the, your PPI taper and, you know, similar to mine is that you – uh, explain how you do it. You you take uh, you skip a day of of a PPI. Maybe you take it every other day or two out of three days. You then add uh, the Pepsid as kind of hamburger helper to kind of let you down easy. Is is that part of it? <laughs> I like the term. I, I'm not going to stop it for three days because that's going to be too much in the beginning. But what, what, I'll what do I mean is like is take it two out of three days. No, I, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't do that. But to say. Okay, take it, you know, Monday, Tuesday, but skip Wednesday and then start again Thursday, right? Something like that? Ron, let me give you a slightly different sure. approach. Okay. We don't need acid in our stomach when we're sleeping. We do need it during the day to digest our food. Okay. So what I'm going to have people do is leave the nighttime dose in place mm-hmm. for a while. Start by lowering the daytime dose, cut it down in half, and add Pepsi instead okay. during the day. Good. And then slowly ease it down, you know, the, the dose of the PPI while keeping the Pepsid for a while and then weaning the PPI that way uh, while at the same time we're going to go with the plant-based digestive enzymes, learning to chew food, increasing the stomach protective lining, um, and taking care of stomach infections. Do you, do you like any ancillary products like uh, you know, the curcumin, of course, uh, is interesting because I never thought of using uh, curcumin uh, for this purpose. I, I mean, use it for, for other purposes, you know, maybe ulcerative colitis, lower down in the GI tract, but I didn't realize it had an upper GI benefit. That study is fascinating. But what about things like licorice, DGL, uh, you know, some of the demulcent herbs, you know, like uh, marshmallow and things like that? Do they have a role to play in this? Absolutely. So we talked about the stomach having its own mucus protective lining. So think about it like a big bag. It's a big meat bag. Um, but the stomach acid can't get to the stomach lining to digest it because the stomach is constantly putting out this mucus layer. And it's putting it out faster than the acid can melt it away. So the acid is only touching the mucus lining that protects the stomach, never touching the stomach wall. Uh, so... What happens, what the PPIs do is turn off production of the mucus lining. It just shuts it down almost completely, which is crazy. So how do you make, how do you get your stomach to start making that mucus protective lining again? And you just nailed it. The marshmallow root, the DGL licorice, uh, I like one called stomach and intestinal relief. Slippery elm, any, similar, any number of those things, right? Slippery elm, absolutely. There are all these things that will reproduce your stomach's own mucus lining so you can go, go, oh, my God, 
and, and uh, turn off the burning a bit because that natural protection is back again. So absolutely, that was step two, is restoring the mucus lining. Okay. So uh, when it comes to diet, you know, there's this traditional ulcer diet. You know, like don't drink a lot of alcohol, uh, you know, avoid spicy mm -hmm. foods. Uh, but there's actually some evidence that, you know, that those are the usual things and they help some people. But there's actually some evidence that a, a low-carb diet can be helpful because part of the problem is uh, excess uh, fermentation in the gut. I think everybody's different, John. And people yeah. ask, what's the best diet for everybody? And I just laugh at them. I go, yeah. there is no one best diet for everybody. What works for us for you? So there are things like the acids in coffee. It's not the caffeine. It's the acids in coffee mm -hmm. um, and alcohol that can really irritate the stomach. So see if, if when you have your two shots of tequila, you feel like you're going to heartburn <laughs> from hell or you, you, know, you have your fourth cup of coffee today, leave those out for a week. Mm -hmm. See how your stomach feels, but in terms of changing the diet, uh, I'm not convinced. You know, if the spicy diet gets you, right, or if food allergies get you. For some people who, yes. if they have onions, they get indigestion. Mm -hmm. The bottom line is see what works for you. Right. And there's a, there's another out, put them back in. There's another entity which is increasing in frequency, which is called eosinophilic esophagitis, which uh, I think I first saw the case of that about 25 years ago. And I said, well, try eliminating uh, wheat and dairy. And it, and it cured it. And it's mm -hmm. now 25 years later, they're saying, oh, yeah, it does respond to uh, food elimination. Uh, that is a good way to go. So, yeah. Yeah, and there's on my website. There's uh, Doris Jap has a, what I call a kinder, gentler food elimination diet, mm -hmm. so you can test these things out for yourself. Uh, you can e people can email me at fatigue doc at gmail dot com. Fatigue doc, and they can ask for mm -hmm, okay. at gmail dot com and ask for the link. They can ask for indigestion information. Say the easier thing you can just my phone app cures capital A dash C, and you look up. In digestion, you look up uh, acid reflux daytime, acid reflux nighttime, and it's just all for free. It's just laid out. Here's boom, 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 boom. Everything we talked about, except for the curamed, the curcumin, except researches to do for that. Um, so these things are all laid out for people. It's, just, it's not hard. Okay, give it out again once pl again, please. The Cures. phone app Cures C U R E S capital A dash Z. Okay. And it's a free app. There's a $2 one-time upgrade. I think all the information is in a free app for this. So you just look up acid reflux if you have it in your, under your food pipe, uh, or you look up indigestion or ulcers if you have it in the solar plexus, and it's going to lay all this out to you. Okay, great. Great. Uh, if you have some more time, I would like to do a second part. You know, our listeners know we divide our podcast mm -hmm. into two parts. I have a lot more questions for you today, mm -hmm. Dr. Teitelbaum, Jacob. And so uh, when we return, uh, more on the subject of digestion. By the way, if you're suffering from any form of fatigue, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, uh, post-viral syndrome, long COVID, or if you've had a vaccine reaction and you're just feeling knocked out from fatigue to fantastic has just some really great uh, insights and also is very inspiring because it's uh, it's a book about hope for recovery and it's a fantastic protocol. It's also eminently suitable for a layperson to uh, really get a lot of information about how to get a leg up on those chronic conditions. So kudos to you. Jacob. And so when we return more on the subject of uh, digestion, 
with a view towards heartburn and stomach problems, but also the entire GI tract. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. <laughs>